population in which the Indigenous, the poor and the mentally ill are overrepresented. Where isolation, humiliation and degradation are facts of life. Welcome to prison. It depends who's telling the story, I suppose. The prisoners would have one view. The people who work in the prison system would have another. And I think it's up to people to decide uh, you know, where the truth is. Give government propaganda and the media spin doctors the flick. And check out Doin' Time for news, views and tunes on prison issues from Guantanamo Bay to Christmas Island to prisons and detention centres everywhere. Every Monday at 4pm on your community radio, 3CR. We are still fired up and we're still talking about revolution. Hello and welcome to the Doing Time Show. This is 3CR Community Radio, 855am on the dial, streaming live on www.3cr.org.au. This is Marissa and we'll be taking you through until 5 o'clock this evening. Coming up on the show is a recording that Peter prepared and he was actually at a refugee and asylum seeker rally on Friday which started off at the State Library and you will hear presently some speakers live from Manus Island. It was organised by the Refugee Action Collective and after the rally what happened was that people um, occupied a couple of places in the city and there were police in heavy riot gear that were blocking the intersection um, of Swanson Street because they thought that the protesters were going to occupy Flinders Street. Yeah, it's quite interesting, and we may discuss that on another show and talk about the impact and the implications of those heavy police powers, heavy police state. And Peter was telling me about it actually the other day. But, yeah, stay tuned for this very, very important recording where the people from Manus Island are being are being traumatised and a, a, a huge violation of human rights where uh, they are being moved on. And, yeah, listen to this recording and, and see what happens. ones with the official Refugee Action Collective logo and the fluoro vests, they are our official ones and all the money raised goes towards putting on events such as these and also donating directly to the men on Manus. So before we fully begin, I'd also like to welcome up Darren. Thank you. Woman Jika, everybody. Means welcome. Welcome in Wurundjeri in language. My traditional name given to me by my mother, Zalanak Kanai Kurnai, which is a long, long line of descendants who come from strong, strong clan lines, strong bloodlines, and who are warriors of resistance in this country. And it's a wonderful thing that I see all you mob out here. As we have been doing the last few weeks, and as we'll continue to do until this government starts to get it right. One thing they need to do is start to recognise the GST. Those who don't know what GST means in this country, genocide, sovereignty, and then comes treaty. Once they recognise the genocide that's been committed in this country, they'll then start to recognise the sovereignty that lives within this country. 
once they start to recognise the sovereignty that lives within this country, will be able to sit and talk about and start to come to and work towards having a peaceful treaty, which means an agreement. Because as we know with this government, they have always been intent on and they still continue to illegally conduct their policies, their procedures, their governments. How many governments do they need? They've got federal, they've got state, they've got local, all wrapped up in a pile of junk. It's about humans. We've got to start to get it right. And when we start to get it right, humans will then be taken care of. That's me, you, the brothers on Manus Island. I've been sent here by my elders. To come here and to talk about what we're passionate about. Identity of people. A government commits genocide, turns into ecocide. Them two work hand in hand. You mess with Mother Earth, and you mess with the people on this country of Mother Earth, you're not only committing ecocide, but you're committing genocide, which has been done for over 220 odd years in this country. But I am 60,000 years or more of tradition. I am 60,000 years or more of respect. I am 60,000 years or more of my people. I am the identity of my people. As I stand here today, education is the best policy. Not in those schools, but people being people, educating people. Staying away from listening to what you hear on the media. Those people and their propaganda are the ones who infiltrate people's minds on how you think, how you act, how you feel, and then how you display your feelings and your emotions. What this government is displaying right now is absolutely disgraceful and has been disgraceful for so long. And it's about time that we really start standing up, man. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up for your human right. Yeah? When I say stand up, I mean stand up for your human right. You stand up. You stand staunch. You stand up for what you believe in. It don't matter whether you're a minority. We've been a minority in this country for over 200 years. But we still stand staunch to what we believe. Which is protecting one another looking after one another, taking care of one another. Less homicide, less ecocide, less genocide. More with you and me on the same side. Just a quick hello to all the police officers out there. We see how staunch you are. We see you. We know you're around. Understand one thing. We are here on a peaceful journey. We are here on a peaceful journey. And what you are doing by showing your force, 
with your guns and your attitudes should not and will not be tolerated. One day we hope, one day we hope that you are able to come and stand with us and march with us in solidarity. Maybe then we'll be able to heal, heal our souls and heal this country the way it should be healed. Plenty of love, plenty of care and plenty of opportunity for people to do what they like. As long as you show your respect, as long as you show your respect to the grassroots of this country, as long as you show your respect to the people of this country and you show your respect to the history of this country because it is a black history in this country and it is a proud, proud history. I stand here with that proudness. I'd rather be this way than walk around in them clothes. This is who I am. This is what I am. And I hope one day when I'm walking down the street this way, yes, with my fidget spinners, my club sticks, they keep me safe, they keep me culturally sound, and they keep me happy. They also keep me educating people around my culture, around my identity. But we are here for the brothers over there, and as a, a TO of this country, traditional owner of this country, someone who's taken the guidance and the permission of my old people, my elders, we stand here, very proud, and we stand here in solidarity with you all, and we stand here and we say, bring them here, and let us take care of them. Stand up for what you believe in, make a ruckus, don't allow anyone to stop you from doing what you want to do, as long as you're doing it in a respectful way. And what I will say to all my brothers and sisters who have just been accepted into yes, what a beautiful thing. What a beautiful thing it is. Just goes to show, really, what really should have happened is we should have bought everyone a bottle of water and sat them all around the table. It would have cost us $8 for the water. Probably cost us $12, $12 for the table, total of $20. And we would have saved 120 odd million dollars, which we would have been able to put into other resources. Like, uh, let's say, bringing them brothers over here. Hey, bringing them brothers over here and let us take care of them. From the TO of this country, I would like to say welcome. I welcome you all, open arms. I welcome you all with my love and my respect. And I give each and every one of you a cuddle from the bottom of my heart. And you have my respect until the day you abuse it. Thank you very much. And let's stand up and get these brothers over here so we can take care of them. Thank you very much, Darren, for that. And so, as we are aware, this is our second rally in the series of reoccurring actions where we are meeting together to stand up unified and tell not only the people of Melbourne, but all of the politicians, both Labor and Liberal, that we will not be silenced and that we will not forget not only the men on Manus, 
but every other refugee and asylum seeker in our care. We will be here time and time again to demand that we not only close the camps, but that we evacuate them as well, that we bring the refugees to Australia and make them feel welcome in our country. And so I too would also like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we are meeting today. I pay my respects to the elders of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, both past and present. This always was and always will be Aboriginal land. And so before we hear from the rest of our amazing speakers today, I wish to make another special mention of the recent success that we've had in another social movement in our country, marriage equality. And so, after years of campaigning and tireless work, the Australian people have shown that they do believe in fairness, equality and love. They have shown that we as a people are better than the fear-mongering hate speech espoused by the far right. And whilst there are still celebrations occurring, I wish for us to take our minds back. Back to when Labor held the policy of so-called traditional marriage. It was when Bill Shorten became leader of that party that the policy finally changed. We saw on Wednesday the passionate speech given by Shorten, supporting fairness and equality and love. So clearly we all know that this man has the capability to take a stand and do what is right for our country. And that is why we must endlessly demand that he do the same for the refugee crisis. Bill Shorten, show the leadership and the compassion that the coalition so clearly lack. Break the silence of your party and the subsequent support for the offshore cruelty. Human rights are not to be enjoyed by one section of the community, but by all of us. Refugee rights are our rights. You were able to see that with LGBT rights. So why not with this other group of marginalized people? The Australian people, we don't wanna hear about people swapping deals and the boats and keeping Australia safe. We want to know what you are going to do to show fairness, equality and love, three values that you supposedly believe in. We want to know how you are going to show, are going to prove to the rest of the world that we are not a racist, xenophobic, fascist people, because that is what the world thinks of us. And the second that you actually take a real stand this reputation, this disgusting reputation of ours, it will start to slowly crumble away. You and your Labor Party should not make policies because you're scared of the people that want to cause division in our country. We need you to make policy to advance us as a nation and to ensure that equality is given to everyone. Now, I know that in our everyday lives, we can feel quite contained in a bubble. We get caught up with school or work or our family and we can forget about the suffering that the so-called leaders of our country have caused in our name. But we, right now, we are at such a crisis point, a real turning point, a tipping point. 
that we cannot let the Labour Party go, that we cannot forget about the men detained and all of the other women and children, both offshore and onshore. We cannot forget about them. And so that's why I urge all of us here today to go back to our friends and family and not only have the conversations about why we must do better, I urge you to write and call your MPs and senators because they have to take um, a written record of all conversations that they have with us. I know that it can seem tiring and as if you won't get through, but the politicians, the second that they think that they will lose votes, they have to change because at the end of the day, that is what the majority of them care about. And so we have letters already filled out at the Refugee Action Collective stall just down there. And all you have to do is pop your name and address on them and we can mail that off for you. We also have letters going, I'm sorry, petitions going around there to different Labor um, MPs such as Peter Khalil. And so if you just sign your name and address, we will mail them off for you and you will be able to have direct contact with those MPs and senators. And so I just wanted to wrap up before introducing our next speakers by saying that it does not matter if you're right-leaning or left-leaning, if you're more progressive or conservative. It does not matter because when we have an entirely preventable humanitarian crisis occurring, we need to join forces, show unity and demand a better way. This should not be a race to the bottom as we have seen for almost... Um, this should not be a race to the bottom as we have seen for almost the past 20 years. We can do better, we must do better, and through showing unity and really lobbying the Labour Party, trust me, we will do better. Thank you. And so we have two speakers on the phone right now from Manus Island. They are Aziz and Walid. And so those two are detained illegally on Manus and they have fought at all costs against all odds and continue to be strong, active and powerful voices in this movement. And they are here to talk directly about their experiences offshore. One moment, thanks. Hi, everyone. Thanks. Thank you for coming. We are really, we are really, really, really grateful to have you on our side. It's been, it's been four, it's been four and a half years that we, you guys, you never stopped one day from supporting us, and we are deeply grateful to you all, guys, for every single support that you offered to us, and you are still continually offering for us. Despite what happened in Australia at the moment, the government, they are so hard and they are cruel and they are inhumane. But that, that does not represent the people of Australia. That does not represent people, kind people like you and people who always standing for something which is wrong. And this is the people that they always win. If there is any war, they are the people who are going to win the war. And they are together. It's been 17 days. 
It's been 70 things this government abandoned us in the middle of the Pacific Islands. With no food, no water, no electricity, but we never give up. Why? Because you guys are on our side. And I don't know what to say, but without you guys, we cannot even survive one single night in this prison camp. But we did this with your support, and we are so strong. Every day we see one picture, or any one of you guys post something on Facebook or say something about us, it gives us a strength and to give us a power, so we continue and fight. Thank you very much for doing that to us. And we believe, we believe what is happening today in this prison camp is something unacceptable and it's against the human rights. And this is a humanitarian crisis and, and it needs an urgent solution. It doesn't matter when it's going to take place, but we need people to stand up and say enough is enough and us we are being here right now inside this prison camp. We managed to dig a three well. Our three wells have been buried with the sand and rubbish because they are deliberately disturbing us and they want us to die inside this prison camp. And we can see that you guys are not happy with that and you say enough is enough the government. And I'm sure, I'm sure we are together and we're going to win this. We're going to win this no matter how long it will take, but we're going to win it together. And when we win this, we did not win by ourselves. We win because of you are you guys. Everyone in this prison camp, either in Manukalan or Nauru, they are so grateful of your support and they are so grateful of what you did. Thank you very much for everything. And we, we have seen we have seen our friends for the last few years they've been fighting with the government to legalize the same sex marriage. Unfortunately it has been legalized. And we are saying congratulations to them and this is the war and you won the war and I'm sure also you are still fighting for us that we're gonna win the war, our our freedom. This government has been cruel for the last five and a half years. It's been cruel to come to the power. But I believe when the Australian people all stood together and said to the government, you can be cruel, you can be hard as much as you can, but you cannot take our voice. And those, are, those people are the Australians that we believe in them. And this government is going to represent the politicians, but they do not represent the people of Australia. And thank you, thank you very much, guys. To be honest, we are, we are so speechless, especially these days. We have lost our energy, but we have a little bit of energy left that we want to keep fighting. And we want to use it to speak. And we want to use it to speak that to tell everyone around the world that what is happening is it's not a right and it's evaluating of human rights. And Australia, the government claims that they want the seat of the UN. 
He will write it. But if you pretend that you win that, you have to do something right. And what happened last night, which is something unacceptable, the Minister of Immigration, he attacked or he threatened New Zealand because we know that you don't want that, but you don't want to leave us alone. So we are asking you once more time, you guys, we know that you guys are on our side all the time, and we are asking you one more time, don't give up on us, and we are not going to give up. We are going to fight with you guys no matter how long it will take, and we still have some energy left for us that to remain in this prison camp until the solution will come fast. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you, guys. Bring them here. We're going to make a, another cross to Manus in a minute, but we need to make another phone call for that. Um, we're talking to a man called Waleed. Um, but, uh, hang on. I guess, I think it's important to point out that, you know, despite the repression uh, by both Australian and PNG governments, um, you know, not only, you know, uh, local people here, ordinary people in Australia are protesting to show support um, for the men on Manus Island, but also um, the, the, the protest and the resistance by the refugees on Manus Island is being sustained by locals there too who are delivering food and water in to keep them, uh, keep them strong. So I think we need to acknowledge that. Because they have been resisting now on Manus, um, protesting daily for the past well over 100 days. Um, and that includes um, 18 days under siege where they've had no electricity, food or water uh, into the, the detention centre. Um, and, and I think rallies like this, even, even though they may be small, really do help to um, keep them uh, standing strong. Um, and, and we often do get messages from Manus saying that um, they, they, they do uh, get strength from the, the, the protests that we organise here. So it's important to remember that so we can you know, maintain the the, um, the energy to keep coming out. Okay, we have a message instead of a phone call, so we might plug that in now, but this is Waleed, another refugee on Manus, and I'll pass over that now. Hi, everyone. This is me, Waleed Zazai, from Manus Island Detention Centre in PNG. As you all people know about our current situations, which are getting worse day by day, and you people also aware of that, that Australian government has cut our basic human rights, which is food, water, and electricity, from 17 days. But I'm so thankful to the people who have donated to organizations in, and contributed in the funds for Manus people. So from that, we are getting a little bit of food and still surviving. So thank you so much to all of you, all of you people to contributing it and uh, saving us from starving. Thanks a lot. And I would like to talk about what happened in Australia this week, which gives us a bit of hopes and smiles on our face as well. This week, Australia celebrates an amazing victory. On Wednesday morning, people from all walks 
of life come together for the announcement that 61% of the Australian population believes that the LGBTIQ plus community should have access to their right to marry, a reality that until recently was on. guys that was just Waleed calling Chris back um, I think while we wait I'll just lead with a few chants so bring them here 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 Alright, so we'll just have to go back to the message because there's something um, not quite right with the phone link, so one hey, moment. A dream. On Manus Island, we celebrate with Australia and are pleased that our allies and friends finally are having their human rights recognized. This incredible result shows us that although the Australian government is misguided and hurtful, the majority of Australians stand for love, peace and equality. This is now evident, that, evident to the entire world in the results of this survey. To the queer community, we are sorry that you have had your existence and rights to love debated and used as a political currency. We know how hurtful these words can be, so we too have been dehumanized and debated. We know that it is the cruel minority that has the loudest voice during these times, but that there are still millions of kind, loving and compassionate compassionate individuals around Australia. We know that you believe that everyone should have a right to love anyone, regardless of who they are, just like our allies in the pure community. The men on Manus have been hoping and praying for our freedom and rights to be realized for over four years. It has been 17 days since the Australian government evacuated the Manus Island Centre, washing their hands off any responsibility for the human rights violations and continue to be committed here. We have been left without food, water, sanitation, medication and security. We are afraid, hungry and sick. Yet we are still hoping that our dreams for freedom will be realized. Today we call upon the Australian public, the queer community and all allies to come together again and raise your voice for our human rights too. Please continue to stand for us and with us during this time while Australia's media is distracted. Please continue to share our stories and advocates for our rights. We are hoping and praying for the day when we can celebrate our freedom alongside you all. Thank you so much to all of you for coming and listening. Thank you so much. I am so thankful to all of you lovely people for supporting us and standing with us in these hard times of our lives. I am sending you much love from Manu's Prison Center.
God bless you all. Take care and love each other. Goodbye. Thanks, Waleed. Um, we've got another refugee uh, speaker now. Her name's Hoda. Um, she arrived from Iran in 2012 and was detained on Christmas Island for a month and then transferred to Adelaide Detention Centre for three months. Um, and so we're gonna, I'll ask her to come down now and she'll speak for a little while. So give her a round of applause. thanks for coming. I just wanted to say that some of us born illegal with different sexual preference in minority in a small ethnic group which is illegal or different religion and what they do is going to the second or third country to asking asylum and here we call them illegal again this circle is going to stop somewhere they didn't choose thank you Wednesday night we were celebrating here was also the victory of Yes campaign. There are 40, I, I'm not sure about the number, about 40 gay men in Manus right now. And it's illegal to be a gay and it has 14 years jail. We should do something about it. Have a chance. Refugees are just like us. Bring them here for mana. Everybody ready? Refugees are just like us. Refugees are just like us. Louder people. Refugees are just like us. Bring them here for manas. Bring them here for manas. Refugees are just like us. Thank you. Thanks, Oda. Um, before we pass on to our next speaker, who's a, a speaker from the union movement, um, I just wanted to, I suppose, acknowledge the, the role of the, uh, the union movement, you know, in this week that we're celebrating, you know, a, a victorious yes vote. Um, because really the, the trade union movement and trades hall, which was you know, sort of the, the headquarters of the Yes campaign in a lot of ways, really was the backbone for um, the campaign for marriage equality. Um, so, I, so I think it's a very good sign that we've, we've got a, a contingent of unionists mobilised to my left uh, over there um, that Trades Hall has organised. And um, we've seen some actions by unions uh, in the past couple of weeks. Just this week, um, the finance sector union organised... Um, some, some photos to, to um, send over to Manus, um, calling on the government to bring them here and to, to close the camps. Um, and one of, one of our, the next speaker will, is actually from the finance sector union, but um, also yesterday the rail, tram and bus union 
um, that their, their committee uh, also took a solidarity photo. And before that, we saw a lot of schools uh, in Victoria and other um, members of the Australian Education Union doing similar actions. And, and again, it does it does um, go a long way towards you know um, lifting the spirits of the uh, the men on Manus as, as well as the you know men, women, and children on, on Nauru. Um, but I think I think we those sorts of small actions are important because we, we do need to build up people's confidence in their workplaces and unions to you know put the kind of pressure on the government and the Labor Party that we saw um, in February last year during the Let Them Stay campaign. Um, you know, in case people don't remember, that was when um, doctors and nurses in in the Lady Salento Hospital in Brisbane refused to discharge um, baby Asha, a, a, an asylum seeker baby from hospital because she was threatened with being deported back to Nauru if she was um, released. And you know, there, there were, now there's about 300 other refugees in a similar situation to, um, to her who were brought to Australia for medical treatment, but, uh, and, and the government uh, you know, wanted to, was desperate to send them back to Nauru and Manus um, you know, to punish them, but because of the, um, the response from you know, people like the nurses and doctors in the hospitals as well as the teachers and many other um, workers in Australia who who refused to go along with the the cruelty and, and inhumanity of this this policy because of the fear of provoking a reaction like they saw last February that those 300 people are still in Australia the Let Them Stay campaign has been a success um, so let's remember that and let's pat ourselves on the back but of course that was only half of the uh, half of the challenge and we now need to need a much more concerted campaign to bring them here. So um, we, are, we are also um, promoting and organising um, a refugee speaking tour of workplaces and unions. So if you would like your colleagues and workmates to hear about you know, the kinds of situations um, that refugees find themselves in in Australia's detention centres, come and speak to me or one of the people in the fluoro jackets about you know, how you can you know, spread the word and get, get, get those kinds of activities happening at work so we can you know, I suppose, spread and deepen the refugee campaign from the streets and into people's workplaces. Um, but I'll, I'll now introduce um, the, 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 our next speaker. Um, her name's Laura. She's an Indigenous woman and a, a delegate in the finance sector union. Um, and she is going to speak now. So come on up, Laura. Hi. Um. Firstly, I'd just like to start by acknowledging that we are standing on stolen land, um, land that belongs to the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. I'd also like to respect, um, extend my respects to the Elders past, present and future. Um, it always will be Aboriginal land. So um, yesterday we organised a rally of finance workers in support of the refugees currently illegally imprisoned on Menace Island. We held the rally in Docklands Park, in the heart of the city's financial precinct. We as financial workers stood in solidarity with the 600 brave men who are currently imprisoned by our government. We also, support, we also had support from the Financial Sector Union and the National Union of Workers standing with us, and I'd like to thank them for their support and for their solidarity and for taking a stand. As a financial worker and as a union delegate with the Financial Sector Union, I feel it is incredibly important that we as a community take a stand. I call on the union movement as a whole to mobilise, to show your support and solidarity with these men and to stand with us. 
this humanitarian crisis is one that requires action from us all. Unions need to speak up and take a stand to this tyrannical force that we call a government. These are human beings. These are real lives and they are real risk. These are future workers who will need the unions and Australian workers' protection and will contribute immensely to the union movement if we start looking after them now. We need to have their back. I'd also like to call on the financial um, sector as a whole, on all of the financial workers and the banks and insurance companies. They need to take a stand as well. We as a society have benefited greatly from the contributions refugees have made to this country, a country full of people who believe in a fair go for all. As finance workers, we have all worked with and benefited from somebody who was once a refugee. Our colleagues, our industrial leaders, our innovators in technology, system implementation and execution. It is within Australia's best interest, in the best interest of the financial industry and the interests of the union movement that we bring them here and let them stay. These men are in real danger and they need our help. We have a duty as Australians to take a stand against inhumanity. The humanitarian crisis that is Menace Island needs to be addressed. We need to take action and we need to take action now. Please, I'm asking of union leaders and financial industry leaders, stand up, show your support, use your power and influence to push our government to do the right thing. And all of you here today, remember that it is us who hold the power for change. It is we who influence the future of these people. We need to make these demands of the decision makers in Australia because it is us, the people of Australia, who hold the real power in this country. No human being is illegal. Seeking asylum is not illegal. What our country doing is not only illegal, but it is shameful. Shame Dutton, shame Australia. Free, free the refugees. Free, free the refugees. Free, free the refugees. Thank you. Thanks, Laura. Um, we're just waiting on our next speaker to come back um, from getting something. Alright, so um, before we have our next speaker for today, I'd just like to say something that really links in with her line of work. And so, I think something really important to point out is that we shouldn't really be having a debate as to whether or not the new facilities on Manus Island are ready, as Peter Dutton says, or whether they are not ready, as the United Nations says. I think the fact of the matter is that these men should never have even been on Manus Island in the first place. Every single one of those men should not be forced to move from one centre to another. They should be brought to Australia, processed here, and given the option of if they want to stay here. Because Despite us knowing that we are a kind and a good people that believe in fairness, equality and love, many of the people that we have illegally detained offshore, they don't actually want to come here. They never want to hear the word Australia again. And so the brave men of Manus have been fighting every day against the odds to survive. And so we must respect this 
and at least allow them here so they can make the choice themselves as to where they want to spend the rest of their lives and where they want to move on from the torture that we have inflicted. And so this links in with our next speaker. Sandra is a former caseworker on Nauru and is now with the Asylum Seeker Resource Centre. She has worked tirelessly to help both the refugees and asylum seekers offshore and also to inform the public of what is really happening in our name. Please make her feel welcome. Melbourne has been coming out week after week to do this. Um, fantastic that everyone's here. I want to start by acknowledging that we are on Wanjari land and pay my respects to the, their elders past and present. As someone who's actually based in Darwin, um, I know that we are still a long way off of social justice for First Nation people in Australia as well, and that's something that I want to make note of. Um, So I'm usually the coordinator of the Darwin Asylum Seeker Support and Advocacy Network, but I flew down here last Wednesday to help out at the Asylum Seeker Resource Centre given what's been happening on Manus Island. And there's no other way of putting it. What hap is happening on Manus Island is a siege. We are seeing men being denied access to food, water and medical supplies. And for no other reason to for than to force them from one location where they have been unsafe, denied freedom and denied a chance of rebuilding their lives to another location where they are unsafe, denied freedom and denied a chance of rebuilding their lives. Worse than that, what we've even seen a couple of days ago is that efforts by the men to collect drinking water that they have been dividing, um, dividing amongst themselves have been um, destroyed on the orders of the Australian government. We've seen images of water supplies being tipped over, having things um, put inside them to contaminate them, to make it more and more difficult for these very resourceful men to be able to continue in the location that they're in. But my personal experience is from um, working last year as an emergency response case manager on Nauru. So I want to talk about what that looks like and what that experience was like for me. As an emergency case manager on Nauru, I used to work shifts from 9 p.m., um, sorry, 5 p.m. until 9 a.m. So this meant that I was responding to calls that were coming in from people who had refugee status on the island. I spent most of my time in the hospital, the Ron Hospital, and in the police station. Leaving Nauru was one of the hardest decisions that I ever made. I wasn't sure whether I should continue to support and advocate for people there on an island that was oppressive in an unjust system, or I should leave with the knowledge that I had there from that time there 
to try to fight the system from the outside. But if I'm honest with myself, I know that a significant reason for leaving was selfish. I was broken. What I witnessed and I experienced during my time as an emergency response case manager had broken me. I came home depressed, exhausted and physically ill with what little faith I'd had in humanity torn to shreds. I've had my share of challenges over the years and I've spent 10 years working with people from refugee and asylum seeker backgrounds and victims of domestic violence and people with disabilities. So it wasn't like I hadn't been exposed to anything before I'd gone. But I still came back a shell of who I was. Think about what this means for the people who are trapped there. The people who came to our country seeking safety and freedom. The people who cannot choose to go home like I did. I had the privilege of knowing that I could leave whenever I wanted to. I had the privilege of knowing that if I got deported, it would be back to a place far safer than the place that I currently was, not a place where I, I faced persecution. I knew that the people that I loved were far away in a place where they were safe from medical neglect, physical and verbal abuse and ongoing dehumanization. I did not have to witness my child's mental health being slowly destroyed nor did I have to witness my child self-harm and then be accused by welfare agencies of coaching them to do this harm. I did not have to feel powerless to protect the people I love from ongoing systemic and individual abuse. I was not shamed and spoken down to in front of my children. I was not forced to sleep in a tent for years on end. I was not constantly dehumanized and treated as less than. I was not denied access to proper education or denied the right to practice my vocation. I was not flown by force to a country where I had no rights and I was not protected by the police or by the law. I was not continually disempowered and denied any control over my life. I was not placed in a limbo in which I had no idea what would happen to me or when, if ever, I could rebuild my life again. And finally, I was not told that my anger and my frustration at the ongoing injustice and abuse perpetrated by the Australian government was a behavioural issue. I was not subjected to any of these things, any of these things that the people on Nauru and Manus continue to be subjected to, and more. More than a year after returning, the men on Manus Island and the men, women and children on Nauru still face all of these things. We, the Australian public, in good conscience, cannot continue to allow this torture to be committed in our name. The level of abuse these people have been subjected to is more than even the strongest people can take. No one should ever have been sent to either of those islands. And more than four and a half years on, it's unconscionable. But what is powerful and incredible to see at the moment 
is the solidarity and the collaboration of the men on Manus Island. Since I've been assisting with the Asylum Seeker Resource Centre, I have learnt of how they're sharing duties, arranging food, rationing water, helping the sick, contacting journalists and getting information out. These men are resilient, they are strong and they are fighting. After everything that they have been subjected to, after being treated as less than human for four and a half years, they maintain their dignity. They maintain their autonomy. And we need to show the Australian government that we stand with them and we will not stop fighting until justice is given to them. Thank you, everyone. Hello. Okay. Thanks, Sandra. Uh, we're going to go on our march down to the intersection of um, Burke and Swanston Streets in a moment. Um, if you have clipboards and letters and that kind of thing, hand them to someone in the fluoro jackets, one of the marshals. Um, we also have a rack stall, Refugee Action Collective, um, with a group that organised this rally. Um, you can go down there to, to sign up, get involved. We meet every Monday night at 6.30 at um, the Nurses' Federation building, 535.